If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, raise your hand real high. We'd be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold your hand up real high. And let's go to the book of James, the fourth chapter. James chapter 4, James 4 and 6, it says, but he, God, gives more grace. Everybody say more grace. grace. What is grace? You hear the phrase unmerited favor. It is that, but it's so much more. Grace is one of the biggest words in the New Testament. One of the biggest words in the Bible. I don't believe you can describe it with just a phrase or two. The grace of God is as big as God himself. What is grace? Grace is favor. Grace is mercy. Grace is God giving us opportunity. Grace is God's ability given to us, his wisdom, his knowledge, his power, basically anything that God has that he gives you as a gift is grace. It's all grace. And we are grace dependent. (laughs) If you didn't know it, let me assure you, you need his grace. Every hour, every moment of every day, we are helpless without it. We are confused without it. We are weak and powerless without it. Did you know it, saints? How do you describe how dependent we are on his grace? Anything that you have been successful at, any good thing in your life, any a milestone you reached, any victory you accomplished, achieved, was by the grace of God. Do you believe it, saints? It, without exception. Without exception. If you were, you learned something, you became stronger and more able, you persevered, you reached that mark, you overcame that problem, it was by, yes, your faith was involved, but it was by grace through faith. And here's the good news. Anything you've come short in, any any blessing you failed to lay hold of yet, any habit that's continued to dog your tracks and, and you've continued to fall in a sin or issue, with more grace, you can beat that too. With more grace and more faith, you can reach that goal that's been evading you for decades. With more grace. Do you believe it saints? What what would more grace mean in your life? More grace means. That what's been hard. Becomes easy. (laughs) And it's not just because you got so good. It's because you're graced. More grace. More grace means what has seemed impossible. Becomes reachable. Possible. More grace means what seemed unshakable that you couldn't get rid of. You overcome it, put it down, and don't yield to it again. Anybody interested in more grace? Greater grace. Well, the next part is extremely important. Who gets the more grace? God resists the proud. The proud do not get grace, and certainly not more. Who gets grace and more grace? God gives grace to the humble. Everybody said out loud, God gives gives his precious grace grace to the humble. humble. Keep reading. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Humble yourselves to him. Resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. Verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Glory to God. Who's going to get more grace? The humble get the grace. The more humble get more grace. So we should be very interested in learning about humility. In Matthew 11, Jesus speaks specifically about this. 
Matthew 11 and 29. I'm reading the NIV. Matthew 11:29. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. King James says, learn of me. Do you want to know who Jesus really is? What he's really like? Not a bunch of religious ideas of what he is and who he is. Well, Jesus told us himself. Of all the things he could have said, this is how I am. Learn about me. Be like me and learn how I really am. What did he say? I am gentle and humble in heart. And if you learn about me and become like me, you will find rest for your souls. Rest. Being unlike him is connected to unrest. Turmoil, anxiety, fearfulness, and frustration. This week we went into quite a bit of detail, the Lord led us, about the rest of faith. Getting into that rest, staying in that rest. Well, that's also being like Jesus, isn't it? But it's also being like Him is being humble. Now, this... This thing called humility is so godly and so powerful, the devil is scared silly of it. And he has worked incessantly to cloud people's mind and twist the idea of it and confuse people about it, the people of God, so that most Christians today don't desire humility. They don't want to know more about it. They're not seeking to grow in it. In fact, most people think meekness is weakness. And I don't want to be anybody's doormat. And so they think they're not interested in it. And nothing could be further from the truth. Do you want to be like Jesus? You think he's a little weakling nothing? Certainly not. How was he? How is he? He said, I am meek. I am humble. It takes a lot more strength to be humble than it does to be arrogant and proud. Arrogancy and pride are masking weaknesses and insecurities. That's why people are so loud and so demanding and so rude and so pushy because they're scared inside. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they are. They're trying to make up for it by doing things on the outside and demanding. How many can testify? It takes a lot more strength to keep your mouth shut. Huh? (laughs) To be quiet. Step back. Yield. Say yes, okay. (laughs) To submit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot more strength. But these are the men and women who get this precious thing called grace. That enable them to have and be and do what others don't reach. Learn of me. Learn of me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. The BBE says, take my yoke upon you and become like me. I am gentle and without pride, and you'll have rest for your souls. I want to emphasize that phrase. You'll have rest. Rest for your souls. Go with me, please. To John 5, I want to read a few verses here. And let's see what he's talking about. How is it that the more humble you become, the more restful you become? And the least meek you are, the more in turmoil you are. He said, if you learn of me and become like me, meek and humble, you'll find rest. I mean, that's how the passage started. Come unto me, all ye that labor. And are heavy laden. And what will happen? Put that back up. Come unto me. All you who are troubled. And weighted down. With care. 
And what did the Lord say I'll do? But then he tells us something, that an adjustment we have to make. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and become like me. If you want to get relieved and released of these burdens and cares, you've got to be humble. How is that so? Why is that so? And if you'll do it, and Jesus said, that's the way I operate. That's the way I am. And if you'll do it, you'll find rest. Rest. We live in a busy, busy, weary, weary world, don't we? Oh, man, people are, they're proud of what multitaskers they are. And they just, they don't sleep and they do all kind of stuff that you don't need to be doing anyway and just are, you know, even though they might try to put on a facade of peacefulness, inside they're churning and and they're not at rest. And a big cause of this is is not being like Jesus, is is being proud. And this pride is manifested in self-reliance and self-dependency, which is not humility, it's pride. Do you want to find some rest? Then Jesus said in John 5, this is how I operate. John 5 and 19. Before I read this, did you know that Jesus never took personal credit for one message he preached or for any healing that happened in his ministry or any deliverance or any miracle? Jesus never personally took credit for a one of them. In fact, he stated repeatedly, I can't do it of myself and by myself. Anybody remember reading this? Jesus. In John 5, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say to you, the Son can what? Can do nothing of himself. You believe that or not? Now see, there are a lot of people who don't believe that in their preaching. They believe Jesus is God, and he is, but that he's operating as God and could do anything he wanted, anytime he wanted. But both of those can't be true. What you going to believe? Religious tradition or red letters? (laughs) I know what I've chosen. What could Jesus do as he walked the earth by himself in himself? According to him, nothing. Now I know, did you hear that holy cow moo just then? Moo! <laughs> oh man, that's a, that's a sacred tradition we just poked right there. But why would it be an issue? Why would the enemy try to obscure these things? Because Jesus said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. If we believe he did them as God, there's no way we can believe that verse. Because I'm not God, you're not God, I'm not omnipotent, I'm not omniscient. Right? But if he did them as a man, anointed with the Holy Spirit, and he would anoint us with that same Holy Spirit. Right? We begin to see the glorious possibilities and responsibilities to walk like he walked. He said the son, that's why he said it that way. Because you're a son too. And I'm a son too. The son and the sons can do nothing of their self. But what He, what we, see the Father do, right? For what things soever he does, who does? The Father. These also do it the Son. Whatever he does, we do. But we can't do unless he do. (laughs) Right? Trying to do without him is big pride. 
Can you see it saints? Thinking you can do it on your own. Is not humility. It's vanity. Right? And it's uh, frustration. And you will not have rest. Will you? You will strive and strive and push and try and you won't be enough and you won't know enough and you won't have enough. And you'll think, well, I can't do it. And here's the question. Why didn't you already know that? (laughs) I can't get that. And you're talking about in my own strength. Why didn't we already know that? Jesus said, learn how I am. Learn how I operate. And of all the things, he could have said, I'm wise. He could have said, I'm powerful. He could have said, I've got amazing faith. He could have said all kinds of things. But what did he say? I'm meek. I'm humble. This reveals complete dependency on the Father. Every day, every night. And when you're depending on Him... And not on you. It takes the pressure off of you. And your soul breathes a sigh of relief. And you get rest. Somebody say rest, rest. Sweet rest. So when I feel pressured. And I'm striving and there's pressure. And and the yoke is hard. And the burden is heavy. What's the problem? This is not humility. This is subtle, deceptive pride. I'm still trying to do this way too much on my own. Because when I actually do start operating like Jesus, what he say? Said out loud, I can do nothing. How much is that? <laughs> How much is that? So you got you got a whole lot of folks think, well, you know, well, I, I can handle this and I can handle that. And Lord, I might need a little help on that, but I got that. No, you don't got that. You don't got that. How much can you do in your own strength? On If Jesus said, if Jesus said the son can do nothing of himself, certainly it's true about you. If he said that about him. It's certainly true about you. Friend, brother, sister, you and I can't do anything the way it ought to be done and should be done and could be done without his help. Without his help. Do you need him? I need him. Every hour, I need him. And thank God I have him. I have him. Every hour I have him. Don't you? But are we really depending on him every hour? Are we really relying on him every hour and in every situation or just part-time or just in crisis-type situations where it becomes painfully obvious we're not enough? If there's any chance we might be adequate and up to it, we keep trying to do it ourselves. How could we know we're doing this? Unrest. Turmoil. Pressure. Can you see it? Because when you learn of him, you start doing it like he does it. Your soul is going to find rest. It's going to come off and you're not going to have a heavy load. You're going to have a light load. You're not going to have a hard yoke. You're going to have an easy yoke. You're going to have his yoke. Why? Because you yoke, yoke, yoke. Anybody know what a yoke is? You're not in a yoke by yourself. Everybody seen pictures of oxen yoked together? Yoked together? The reason you need a yoke is to get more than one animal. To work together. To pull together. Jesus said my. Yoke. Yoke. You don't have a yoke for one. Well who else is in this yoke? 
I said, who else is in this yoke? Why is it such an easy yoke? Woo, because we got the big one. We got the big one in the yoke with us. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> he says, we acknowledge, don't try to pull this load unless he's involved. Because <laughs> there just ain't no way. <laughs> it's like a little bitty, 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 bitty toy horse miniature. And a colt at that. And one of these great big draft horses, one of these great big Clydesdales, whose hoof is as big as that little horse, you know. And you got this giant wagon or sled loaded with all this stuff. How many understand that little toy horse is never budging that? He's never moving that, right? And I don't care how big he thinks he is. He can paw. He can snort. He can push. He is not moving that. And he can wear his little self out. Can he? He can wear his little. And wear off his paws. And work himself up into a lather. And all he's going to do. Is wear himself out. Because he never could move that. By himself. Oh but when the big one. When the big one says, all right, now, shorty, <laughs> on three, <laughs> one, two, three, and shorty puts into it, he's pawing, nothing's happening, and then the big one goes, Whoa. and a big smile comes on shorty's face because this thing's moving. Oh, here we go. It's moving right on. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. His yoke is easy. I don't care how big the load is. Why? Because he's in the yoke there with us. His burden is light. I don't care how, how big the thing is to deal with. When he's involved, nothing's too hard for him. God never looked at a thing and go, whew, that's big, that's hard. He creates planets. He creates solar systems. Nothing going on down here is going to impress him with its size or its magnitude. Or, are you kidding? Everything is light and easy to him. <laughs> but not to us without him. I'm glad I came to church this morning. Glory to God. Do we need mind renewal? Do we need to grow in this? Grow in humility. Which means grow in dependency. On him. Who does he give his grace to? The humble. The humble. You know a characteristic that is inseparable from humility is honesty. Pride and deception go hand in hand. Obadiah 3 says the pride of your heart has deceived you. Pride and believing lies intertwined. And humility and the truth are intertwined. Humility and honesty. Well, when you know the truth, you're not trying to be humble when you say, oh, I can't do it in myself. That's just a fact. It's the truth. <laughs> You're just being honest and acknowledging that reality is humility. And when you got enough sense to acknowledge that and realize that, you are a candidate for God to equip and grace. If somebody thinks they can do it on their own and God graced them while they're not even acknowledging it, when they accomplished it, they'd take credit for it, wouldn't they? They'd say, oh, yeah, I did that. I, I'm good like that. I can do, yeah. Watch and learn. Now Jesus said learn about me. And the way I operate. Is meek and lowly of heart. And you start operating like this. You'll find rest. 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 John 14.10. You're there close by. Turn over. John 14.10. Jesus said. Thank you Lord. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. He said believest thou not that I'm in the Father. 
and the Father in me. The words I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. He doeth the works. Say it out loud. He does the works. works. Say it again. He does the works. works. Who does the works? He does the Father in me. He does, say it out loud again. He does the works. He does the works. works. Then why is it so hard for you to do them? If he's doing them. (laughs) Say it again. He does the works. The one dwelling in me. He does the works. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to the book of uh, Proverbs. Proverbs 3. You go into Proverbs 3. Put up on the screen for us Psalm 10 and 4. The big one (laughs) is in the yoke with me. If he ain't pulling, I ain't pulling. (laughs) Because there's no need. (laughs) Nothing's going to happen, right? Oh, but when he puts his shoulder into it, everything's light and easy. It says, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Because of this person's pride, they're not seeking God. And God is not in any of their thinking. We just described much of the world, didn't we? Are there millions everywhere today around this globe? They are not seeking God. They are not thinking about God at all, are they? And is life hard for them and laborious and stressful and pressure? Should there be a giant difference between them and us? Yes, there should be. People should see us at the workplace, unbelievers, skeptics, people of other religions should be able to observe our peace in an ongoing No matter what's going on, we come in happy and breezy, light and easy. (laughs) Why? Because we got the big one. We got the big one in the yoke with us. And we don't pull unless he's pulling. (laughs) And if he is, it's light and easy. And when people observe us, we're not struggling. We're not anxious. We're not fearful. We're not worried. How many understand this is a witness to people around about us? Everybody wants to be like that. Most of them don't think it's possible. And when they see Christians that are just as stressed out and fearful as they are, just as overloaded as they are, why do they need to become one? They already got that. Oh, but when we come in day after day after day, (laughs) <laughs> going, glory to God. <laughs> Another great day, huh? Another good day. What's so good about it? Well, we're having a good day over here. <laughs> Happy and breezy. Light and easy. Right? His burden is light. His yoke is easy. Somebody say light and easy. Come on, say it again. Light and easy. Light and easy. If it's something else, it's not his yoke. It's not his burden. The wicked and unbelievers and ungodly, because of their pride, they never seek God. They're never thinking about him and, and what he's doing and what his plan is. And, and they're certainly not relying on him and depending on him. You can see the dependency, how much you're depending on him. By how frequently you're thinking about him and looking to him. If you never seek him and you never think about him, then you're depending totally on yourself or other humans. How many know it's also a big mistake to trust on the arm of other flesh? Man, they're just as human and fallible as you are. Don't put your faith and hope 
in something as frail as flesh. But Proverbs 3 shows the way to operate. Proverbs 3 and 5. Most of you know this. But do we do it 24-7 is the question. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How much? All your heart. And do what? What's, what's a lean? Lean. It's also translated rely. I'm leaning on this podium. I'm picking up a foot. If I pick up the other foot, what am I counting on to hold me up? Whatever I, now I'm leaning on, relying on my legs. Pick up your feet. Now see, you're totally relying on that chair to keep you from bouncing off the floor. Right? Well, in life, what are we relying on? What are we resting? What are we counting on to get us through? When you're counting on God to meet your needs, then no matter what happens out here, it doesn't bother you and scare you and shake you because you wasn't counting on that anyway. And if somebody doesn't do what they said they would do, you don't fall apart because you weren't relying on them anyway. You're relying on the Lord. And if it doesn't come that way, it'll come another way. You'll find rest unto your souls. You show me somebody that's really relying on him, really counting on him, really trusting him. I'll show you a restful person, a relaxed individual. Because you're leaning on him. Verse 6, verse 6, verse 6. Said out loud. In all your ways. In how many? All. all your ways acknowledge him. Now if you acknowledge him in all your ways. See the wicked because of his pride. He's never seeking God. God is not in all his thoughts. We ought to be the exact opposite of that. We're always seeking him. We're always inquiring of him. And we acknowledge him in everything. All of our ways. Did you know God knows, the Holy Spirit in you knows the best way how to commute to work in the morning. He knows how to fix your hair. It may have been a mystery to many for years. But he he knows Do you believe it or not? Did you know he knows how to cook? And get the best result without wasting time or money or energies or resources? Do you believe it? Do you know you believe he knows the best way to clean house? You're not supposed to clean night and day. You're not supposed to be in trivial things continuously all the time. The Lord will show you how to do it and do it without any waste and without any unnecessary burden or expense. But you'll have to acknowledge him. If you say, well, I've been cleaning for 40 years. I reckon I know how to clean this floor. Well, proud buddy, do it by yourself. (laughs) And waste days out of your life, right? Doing it the hard way. And the slow way, you and I don't know anything like we ought to know hmm? without his help. And even though you have been successful to a certain degree, could you get some more grace, some more grace, more light, more help, more strength? Friend, this is delightful. God's wisdom is amazing. And as I'm looking to him and growing, it's so wonderful because he'll show you how to streamline things and not waste time. Eliminate the waste and focus in on what's important. Time is precious. Your life is precious. Wiling away hours and days doing mundane things the hard, long, frustrating way is not the will of God. It's not the plan of God. But if you're going to have his grace, his wisdom, his smarts in it, you're going to have to ask him. You're going to have to acknowledge him in everything. You break out the vacuum cleaner. And before you turn it on, actually before you go get the vacuum cleaner, <laughs> you say, Lord, should I get the vacuum cleaner? 
Now you don't have to roll your eyes and talk in tongues and try to be hyper spiritual. Just check inside continuously. Looking. Checking. Look in. Say it out loud. In all your ways. Acknowledge him. What's the result? What's the result? What's the result? He shall. Not might. Did the word of the Lord tell you he shall direct your, that means when you realize he is and when you don't realize he is because you acknowledged him and asked him, he'll be directing and guiding you and you don't even realize it. You'll just wind up at the right place at the right time with the right thing and it'll just work out again and again and again. And when it does, when it does, when it does, what do you say? What do you say? You say, I can do nothing of myself. It's the Lord in me. He does the works. Now, you really start doing this, the anointing is going to make you look good. Really good. And people will begin to notice and go, wow, how did you plan that? How did you, man, you're smart. Man, you, and if you go, yeah, you know, I, uh, <laughs> And others were playing. I was praying. And, and you got to think ahead. You got to think ahead. <laughs> You're getting ready for dumbness. Because grace is going to be lifted off of you. No, every time it works out, acknowledge him and say, no, no, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. No, I would just, uh, it came to me and I just knew and I didn't know it's going to work out like this. Glory to God. <laughs> Give him the glory. Be honest. Why? Because you get to keep the grace. And you, and it keeps getting stronger in you. Can you say amen? In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. Go to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians. Hoo-wee. I'd have preached this just to myself. This morning. I appreciate you coming and helping though. (laughs) Second Corinthians 1. Paul. Is a good example of this. Someone. Who. Tried too hard in his own strengths. And as he walked with God. Learned what to do. And how. To cast his cares on the Lord and how to rest in him and realizing I can do nothing of myself, that he's the one who does it. Don't think you know all about this, saints. Even if you know something about it, you don't know all about it. Acknowledge that you've not arrived in this. And all you got to do is see how restful you've been to see how well you do it. And uh, here in this passage, Second Corinthians 1 and 8, I'm reading from the Weist translation, 2 Corinthians 1 and 8. Paul says, we, we do not desire you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were weighed down beyond our power. Do you hear that? Are there things that's just absolutely beyond you? Oh, yeah. Many things. So that we despaired even of living. Now this is Paul. He's no wimp. And yet he says. We despaired of life. But. How did he get through it? When he was pushed. And pressed. Beyond his power and ability. To the point of despairing of life. How did he get through it? How did the Lord lead him to overcome this kind of place? Get out of this kind of place. But we ourselves have had the answer of death in ourselves and at this time still have that experience in order that we should not be trusting in ourselves, but in the God who raises the dead. What if I do die? My reliance is on the God who raises the dead. And you know, it looks like that happened to him when they stoned him and left him out there. And all at once he gets back up. 
But he said the revelation and what happened to me through this is I had the answer of death in myself. There's something in us that needs to die. And it's this I can do it by myself. I can do this without help. This self-reliance, this self-dependency needs to die. Another way of saying is pride. Because that's what the pride is hooked to. The pride of life. Self-made man. I don't depend on anybody. I earned everything I got. I worked hard for this. I built this up from nothing. You're a self-made man. Self-made woman. (laughs) That needs to die. It needs to be crucified. It needs to be mortified. It needs to die. Say out loud, it needs to die. Needs to die. You reckon you got any of that left in you? Yes. <laughs> no hands. No hands. <laughs> but he said what happened in that situation is I had the answer of death in myself. And let me paraphrase a little bit. I'd completely quit counting on me. That I should trust in myself and I trusted completely in God who raises the dead. And he delivered us out of such a great death and he will deliver us in whom we placed our hope that right now he will yet deliver us. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. God. I'm not counting on myself to make it through. I'm trusting in him. Completely. He has delivered me. He will deliver me. He will yet deliver me. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go right over to the second chapter. Second Corinthians 2 and 14. 2 and 14. One of my favorite verses. And yet... I see it in a different light today than I've ever seen it before. You'll see what I'm talking about. You know, it'll help you so much if you read the verse that comes after the one you like and the one before. (laughs) Because they're good too. Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. He's the one that causes it. It's in Christ. And he makes manifest the savor of his knowledge. Let me read this to you from the W.E.B., the the World English Bible. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and reveals through us the sweet aroma of his knowledge in every place. For we are a sweet aroma of Christ to God, to those who are saved, and in those who perish, to the one a stench of death to death, to the other a sweet aroma from life to life. And who is sufficient for these things? Who is? He's saying we're not in and of ourselves. He said in another place, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the glory may be seen that it's not of us. It's him. That's not trying to be humble. That's being honest, which is being humble. The real deal. Sit out loud. I got this treasure in me. It's in me. But it's not from me. It's from him. I can do nothing. Nothing. Nothing of myself. He does the works. The one in me. He does the works. Glory to God. Go to the third chapter please. And the fourth verse, the fourth verse, this theme actually progresses through this whole book of 2 Corinthians. We saw it in chapter 1, we saw it in chapter 2, you're seeing it again in chapter 3, we're going to, re- we're going to see it in chapter 12. He said, such trust have we through Christ to Godward, keep reading, not that we are sufficient 
of ourselves. To think anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sit out loud. I am not, I am not able, able and sufficient, and sufficient within, myself. within myself. I am not enough, am not enough by, myself. by myself. Do you believe that? Yes. You believe that? Yes. If you really believe that, that's humility. And the humble qualify for grace. Said out loud, but my sufficiency. Ooh, something's working in somebody. Said out loud, my ability is of God. Hallelujah. I can do all things. That's not the end of the sentence. Is it? That's not the end of the word. Through Christ who strengthens if he wasn't strengthening me I couldn't do it the moment I forget he's the big one in the yoke and I start trying to do something on my own it's when I'm going to get a rude awakening and just spinning my little hoofs and nothing's lathering up and nothing happening and nothing moving let's quit doing that how many think that is dumb, dumb for little toy ponies to do that? That's dumb, dumb. Let's quit doing it. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Not that we're sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. It'd do us good to go around the rest of the day saying that my sufficiency is of God. I mean, just say it throughout the afternoon and tonight. My sufficiency is of God. Another word for this is ability. My ability is of God. My ability is of God. My ability is of God. Just keep saying it because faith comes by hearing, right? Two things is helping you to remember it's not mine, but it's not like I don't have it. It's in me and he's working it in me. Say it again, my sufficiency is of God. Go to the 12th chapter, please. Chapter 12. Oh, hallelujah. Makes me want to sing. <laughs> By his ability, I can do anything. <laughs> Woo! I can quit struggling. I can be at rest. Hallelujah. With his mighty power. I always get the best. <laughs> I could go on. Second Corinthians 12. Now what I just did. That's the kind of thing you and I should do at home on a regular basis. What I was doing right then was, was more toward the personal flow of prophecy than what's directed for ministry. And it's something you can do in your car, in your house. People say, well, I... I'm not a prophet. We're not talking about being a prophet. Well, I'm not a psalmist. We're not talking about that either. You read in Revelation where it said the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You ever read that? Simple prophecy is exhortation, edification, comfort. It's something every believer should have a part of. How many remember the scripture uh, singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord? That's for everybody, 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 everybody. You might say, well, Brother Keith, I, I'm not a singer. Everybody can sing. Not everyone should record. But everyone Everyone can sing. All you got to do is lift your voice, kick it up a notch, and forget about trying to, 
you know, sound like somebody else or sound perfect. The Lord's not listening with a tuning fork. He's listening to your heart. And if he's here in love and he's here in faith, it pleases him. It makes him happy. He wants to hear it some more. He'll say, baby, sing that to me again. I like that. That's right. Sing it to me again. So practice it this week. Just turn the radio off in your car. Turn it off. Strike up a song. Huh? (laughs) Do it by faith. Step out. You'll be glad you did. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 7 and 8, Paul said there was something that was buffeting him. And repeatedly, it's something that just kept on. And people try to say, well, you know, it's something God put on him to teach him something. No, it's very plain. It was a messenger of the devil. How many understand the devil's not trying to help us develop in things of God? He's, he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And verse 8, he besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. He's praying about it. Seeking the Lord. But he did not get the results and the victory doing it this way. Trying to get the Lord to take care of it for him. Make it stop, Lord. Make it leave me alone. Make the devil quit. Do you understand this is vain prayer? To beg God to make the devil stop. All we'd have to do is look around and see what's going on to see how vain that is. Don't take my word for it. Put your nose in this book. You know what he told us? You resist the devil and he will flee from you. Didn't he say that? Resist him steadfast in the faith. Now keep going. And the Lord said something to him. Notice what he didn't say. Okay, Paul, I got this. <laughs> sure glad you prayed. No. No, what did he say? My grace is what? Is who gets the grace? Put this with what we saw Paul saying earlier. He got a revelation. You remember reading that in that first chapter? He said, I had the answer of death in myself. That I should not trust In myself, but in God, who raises the dead. The Lord told him, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in how strong you are. How good you are and what you can do. No, no. It's when you acknowledge, I'm not strong enough. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will glory, rather, in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What does that mean? It doesn't mean you go around confessing, I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak. And why would you glory in it? Because Paul has learned how to tap into grace. What you got to do is quit trying to be strong in yourself. And realize when I'm weak, that's when I can tap into grace. If I'll quit depending and relying on myself. Come on, can you see it, saints? Keep reading. Therefore, I take pleasure in weaknesses, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. How in the world could you? Because I have learned how to rely on him And when I am weak, that's when I'm strong. Oh, somebody say, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. Why? Because I quit depending on myself. I quit depending on myself. My sufficiency is of God. It's of God. And when you do that, the pressure comes up. Listen, friends, don't let the devil load you. By making you responsible for this and responsible for that and trying to put it all on you. I know from first hand experience what this will do to you. 
I ministered in the healing school for years and I saw people with terminal problems day in and day out and so-called incurable. And we saw miracles, but we also saw some people that died young and prematurely. And I would take the care of that on me without realizing very young in ministry. And I would think, well, if I knew more, if I had more faith, if this or that, and so I'd tell my staff, we got to pray more and we got to fast more and we got to do this and we got to do that. And I did not realize I'm trying to take too much of this on me. Did you hear this phrase? Taking too much on you. How can you tell you're doing that? You're not rested. You're in turmoil. You're pushed. You're stressed. This went on for months. And I'm sure I wasn't much fun to be around for Phyllis. And I'm just, you know, I, I fasted so much until none of my clothes would fit. And, and I'm pushing. But what I didn't realize is that I had lost my joy. I'm too intense. I mean well. I'm pushing hard. I'm trying hard. But I'm ignorantly relying too much on what I'm trying to do. And one day, thank God, thank God, I was praying again. And the Spirit of God spoke to me. This is a, I don't mean to hurt an audible voice, though it was real strong to me at that point. He said, Keith, you are not the healer. I thought, yeah, I know that. But why is he telling me? Right? If I know it. <laughs> Let me give you a little hint. Never tell the Lord you know it. It's just dumb. Right? It's always the wrong answer to tell him you already know what he's telling you. Just don't do it. <laughs> he said to me, Keith, you are not the healer. I realized he there's something I need here. I said, yes, sir, help me. I, I thought I knew it. He said, Keith. I don't mean I'm hearing a voice now, but these thoughts came up into me so clear and strong into my mind to help me to see. He said, whether these people live or die is not resting on your little shoulders. He said, all kind of things have happened before they ever got here. You don't know everything I've said to them and what's done with them. You're not the healer. You're not responsible for all of this. He said, all you're responsible to do is what I tell you to do. You preach what I give you. You teach what I give you with all your heart, with all your faith. When you lay hands on them and pray, you do it with all the faith you've got. And when you're done, you walk away. You cast all the care of that over on me and you enjoy your salvation. I saw it. It went off in me like a shot. I saw it. I've been trying to act like the healer. Now, how dumb is that? I've been trying to act like the Savior. I've been trying to act like I'm the provider. Don't do it, saints. Reckon you've ever done it? How could you tell you were doing it? No rest. No rest. You're pressed. Don't let the devil. Don't let other people. Don't let circumstances. Don't let your own mind or your own past experiences put pressure on you and make you responsible for things that are beyond you, that are out of your power to do. Don't let people look to you and make you their source and go, you got to help me. you got to help me. You need to realize I can't help myself. <laughs> I can do nothing of myself. You better quit looking at me. Let's me and you both look to him. Right? And just admit right up here front that we can't heal each other and we can't save each other and we can't meet each other's needs. Come on, are you listening, saints? Oh, but we can die to that and we can trust in the living God who raises the dead. And when we are weakest, that's when a surge of grace and strength 
come on, will come up in us. And at the very lowest point, we'll become stronger than we've ever been. And it'll be by the grace of God. Can you say amen? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to praise God. Let's lift up our hands. Lift up your voices. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.